wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death. And you will be hated by all nations because of me. What you are about to hear is real. The prophets wrote of a time when the signs of the end would be seen. This is where Bible prophecy and current events collide. This is unsealed. Uh, hello, brothers and sisters. Christopher Manti here on uh, on Seal. We haven't done one in a bit, so I am uh, very happy to be able to do this. Thank God, by His grace and mercy, I am here and forgiven. And if you are my brother and sister in Christ, you as well, upon repentance, we are forgiven, we are free, the power of sin and death. And like our Lord, hopefully, from that point on, self-sacrificial love towards not only those who like us, but those who hate us. And so we will learn as we go. Amen. We've got God himself is with us. His word is with us. His spirit is with us. So uh, in all things, that's what we strive to honor, right? The name of the Lord, the name of Jesus, never um, besmirch his name. Right. Uh, so many things have happened, obviously, that since we've been on the air last uh, with this program. Um, today is May the 26th, 2022. So um, two days ago, of course, we had a horrible, another horrible day in America. Um, with Satanic, evil violence. And um, you just can't really process it. Um, right. So one of the things that it got me going about something that comes up a lot in Christian circles, generally in prophecy circles now and then, especially in the more charismatic side of things. Okay. Um, which is this idea of a end time, uh, revival. I hear that word all the time all the time it's not i'm trying to think of like what verse are we talking about here right what idea what chapter what what prophet um hey praise god from greece yes hello my brother praise jesus um but feel free to check in by the way any comments or questions or concerns or anything else you have here on facebook or youtube or even twitter go ahead and put them in the comments right now and i will get back to you hopefully live but if, if it's later that's that's possible and of course you can find all the episodes uh of this program at uh unsealedpodcast.com you can actually just go to wings of the eagle click podcast and you'll get the whole series going back what two years now pretty amazing um anyways and I mean, voices, voices that I respect, you know, elder brothers in the faith and, 
and and sisters and and it's always like assumed that this is a thing um revival first of all just speaking literally to revive something means to resurrect it to bring it back from the dead is what it really means um because it was alive once and now it's alive again okay maybe you say it's a sleep and awake word we're reviving like <clears throat> you know now you have your you're awake again you've been woken out of slumber okay all right all right um but there's always because this the prophecy teachers um don't have a lot of positive spin to work with okay in the, in the bible um we always try to shoehorn um this idea in there like oh but there's gonna be a great revival there's a great revival great revival girl there's no scripture on that there is no great revival mentioned there isn't i'm here to tell you okay there's a great falling away yes great apostasy there's a great tribulation yes there's babylon the great mother of harlots yes uh, um the great city right i mean there's a bunch of great things in that in that way but none of them are positive really um a great multitude in heaven in revelation 7 of martyrs martyrs those have been killed for their faith during the final seven years really during the last three and a half years specifically okay again i mean if you're looking at it from god's point of view not necessarily a negative thing okay but it's not a revival like we're told um and what but what exactly are you referring to no 990 90 plus percent of the time when you when you hear teachers say this or and i'm not knocking anybody i'm not this is not a slamming session it's like you know it's it's a christian thing these are christian people uh revived like a new I don't know what it means because a lot of the times it's just people who already believe are supposed to be now reinvigorated to serve Jesus or something. Great revival. Now, are you talking about new Christians? I wouldn't call that a revival. That's just preaching the gospel. That's a new church, right? New churches, new believers. Um, uh, great commission, right? The harvest. That's all scripture. That's good. Um, but for example, we see you know, great big gatherings in stadiums in Kansas City. The other, I'm not, again, I'm not knocking this, but what to, to say that this is somehow meaningful prophetically, I don't get it. Revive to do what? You're already saved. All right, now you're now you're saved. Okay, now what? Nothing changes. Expectation of us is completely the same. There is no promise um, of a great anything. For the church, it's challenging. It's whittling down. It's a remnant. Somebody just mentioned remnant in here. Bless you, Gilbert. Hello, sir. Super Iraq says, God promised Abraham he would save the Jews a remnant. Yes, a remnant being the key word. Pastor Randy Scott, he definitely knows his scripture, but he's always willing to learn, hopefully like me. I've not seen a revival church-wide, maybe personal revival. I've not seen it in Scripture. Well, that's the point, right? That, thank you, Randy. That's the, Is it in the Scripture or not? And if it isn't, why are we talking about it? Yes, get recommitted to God. Yes, get your life in order. Yes, get repented. Yes, go to the cross. Um, we need all that. 
let's lament and, and woe and and for all the terrible things that we see. Yes, good. But uh, where is this revival thing? Now, most folks, are the, in my mind, and remind me if I'm missing something, but I think most of the time we're led to uh, believe that this revival is coming from Joel chapter 2 and maybe Ezekiel 37. Um, yeah, Joel chapter 2, maybe Ezekiel 37. I don't know. What else? Am I missing something? Please let me know. Okay, now here's what I want to do. I want to look over Joel 2. Ezekiel 37 is kind of really a stretch because he says, talk to the dead bones and prophesy to them of Israel. And then Israel will get flesh on their bones. And that some people say that's the nation of Israel. Some people, you know, whatever. But that's not a, a revival in Christian circles that I'm talking about that uh, all teachers are talking about. Um. Okay, so let's take a look. Uh, Richard has to do with former and latter rain. Okay, maybe, but let's say that then. And what does that mean exactly? Who gets the, you know, when does this happen? And who does it happen to? That's important. So let's look at Joel 2. And uh, hopefully we can get through this as we share. There we are. Okie dokie. Um, I'm going to go to <clears throat> where it's where we're always quoting from first, and then we're going to read it in context. Text, context, pretext, context, text itself, right? We want to get it all right. Um, let's zoom in a little bit here. All right, this is what we hear. And it came to pass, I've got two versions up on the split screen. Do whatever you want with that. Uh, for those of you on audio, you're just going to have to hear it, not read it. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood, fire, and pillars of smoke. That's that's usually what you hear, right? 28 to 30. And you say, well, yeah, because in Acts, in Acts chapter 2, uh, you know, they were saying this is that. This was that. What was that? When the nations of the world, all the Jews collected uh, from all over the Middle East, came to Jerusalem for the Passover right after Jesus was crucified and rose from the dead, right? Then, of course, 40 days later, 50 days later, you've got the Holy Spirit descending on the upper room and the 120. Um, and, you know, the apostles there, and they heard them speaking in their own dialect, in their own language, in their own accents. That's a miracle of the Holy Spirit. Yes, it is. That's what Peter's talking about when he says, this is that which was spoken by Joel the prophet. I will pour out my spirit, etc." Okay. Okay, uh, but he's not saying this is the fulfillment of Joel 2. So 
So what does Joel 2 say other than those verses? <laughs> what is the context? Let's take a look. Um, well, we got to go to the beginning of the chapter. Joel isn't very long. Blow the trumpet in Zion or Jerusalem. Raise the sound of alarm in my holy mountain. Let everyone tremble in fear because the day of the Lord is coming is at hand or is upon us. The day of the Lord has to be right at the window, upon us. It's right there. It's coming at hand. It's right before the day of the Lord. So that, if we know prophecy, if we know the um, motifs and the, the patterns and the language that God uses over and over and over in all the prophets, Old and New Testament, when he says day of the Lord, we should know what that means. And we should know that it's not 2022 is not the day of the Lord. Uh, you know, 30 AD or whatever the Holy Spirit outpoured on the, the church originally, that was not the day of the Lord. 70 AD, not the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord is the return of Jesus, period, end, full stop. The only thing that happens right before the day of the Lord are the seven trumpets and the vials of God's wrath. I mean, if we're getting serious about it, the tribulation, period. That's what happens right before the day of the Lord. Okay? And that's, by the way, that's Satan's wrath. Satan's wrath. And I write about this in Fleet of the Mountains. By the way, go get the... You can go out the book for free. You just saw a little uh, little ad we just came up with at the beginning. If you saw that, um, go to fleetofthemountains.com. You can get the book there or the course. If you get the course, I'll give you the book for free. Anyways, because we need to get the message out. Part of that is that the tribulation, the trumpets, the seven trumpets and all that is not the wrath of God. It's a common misconception, mis, you know, whatever, misapplying the, the scriptures when we teach that. Uh, it's the wrath of Satan. We know that Satan has great wrath once he's cast down from heaven because he knows his time is short. That short time is the tribulation hour. Um, so that's that's what we're looking at. That's the context of Joel 2. Let's continue. A day of darkness and gloominess. Does this sound like a, a revival era? Darkness, gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness, like morning clouds over the mountains or the nations. Look at the uh, alternate translation. Darkness and gloom, thick clouds and deep, deep blackness suddenly, like dawn spreading across the mountains. A great and mighty army appears. A great people, great and strong like that the likes of whom has never been, nor will there be any such after them, or nothing like it has been seen before or will ever be seen again. So, what is this army? Why are we divorcing this from the from this great revival we're looking for? Because when we picked it up in verse, you know, 28, 29, and all that, it says after this. After this, after what? Then the Spirit of the Lord will be poured out on all flesh. Uh, after this, after what we're reading, this army that has never existed before, and it will never again, which means it's at least means a human army that uh, to the to the power and, and ferocity and evil that there's never been before. Now that's possible, but it, there's more to it. 
because it tells us what they look like and what they do. A fire burns before them, a, behind them a flame burns, and the land is like the Garden of Eden before, but behind them a desolate wilderness, nothing escapes. Their appearance is like the appearance of horses, like swift steeds they run, with a noise like chariots over the mountaintops they leap, like the noise of a flaming fire that devours a stubble, like a strong people set in bar battle array, or a mighty army moving into battle. Fear grips all people writhing in pain their faces drained of color attackers march like warriors run like men yada yada okay this is revelation chapter nine don't we know that the fifth trumpet shows this these they says they're locusts and they're but they look like they run like horses and they have these things and characteristics and this is what happens and they burn and there's smoke and there's blackness and darkness go read revelation nine This is brought on by this army that has never existed before and never will again. Well, guess what? We just read, in, or I referred to Revelation 12, where Satan's cast down to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. And there's this thing that happens where the abyss is opened up and these things come out. So this is not your, your run-of-the-mill fires on the earth. It's not your run-of-the-mill armies marching. This is a once-ever once situation, which is exactly what Joel said. It'll never happen again, which is just like Daniel said. This will be a time unlike any that's ever happened. It will never happen again, just like Jesus said. This time will be like it never was before and it'll never be again. Again, God, God is not trying to mess with our minds. He's not trying to fool us. He's not trying to confuse us. He's trying to repeat himself so we can get the picture. All right, this is that locust army. Enter the walls like a thief. The earthquakes before them, the heavens tremble, the sun and moon grow dark, and the stars diminish. The Lord gives voice before his army. Now, it's called his army, and all of a sudden we say, oh, this must be a good army. Wait, what? I've heard people honestly look at this and say, this is a this is God sent, like, okay, in his sovereignty, yes, God controls the Antichrist, really, Right? He allows things to happen. He allows Satan to pour out his his wrath and, and all that. So in that way, it's God's army. But to say like it's a heavenly army, to say like this is a this is some kind of return of Jesus thing, I've heard, I mean, that's insane. <laughs> Sorry, it is. Um, so don't this is not something that you can look at for today. You're just not gonna find it. It's you're deceiving yourself if you think you're gonna find this today. This is a once in a life, once in a everything. His camp is very great. He leaves him with a shout. It says, the Lord is at the head of the column. This mighty army, they follow his orders. But guess what? This is this is consistent with like Ezekiel and with the other prophets. It says, God, I'm going to, or Habakkuk, God says, I'm going to do this. I'm going to bring the Babylonians here to destroy you. Right? For example, okay, this is what that's saying. The day of the Lord is an awesome, terrible thing. Who can survive? Or who can endure it? Exactly. Okay. This is the context of where the Spirit is poured out. And uh, I see, who's that, Gilbert? No, there's no third coming of Jesus. That's I, hope, I trust you're joking there. Right. There is no such thing, okay? And now we've got the very, very critical aspect of this, which is a call to repent. Turn to me. Return to me while there is still time, fasting, weeping, and mourning. Where is this in the 
equation usually when we talk about revival. Nowhere. It's just, oh, God's going to pour out his spirit. Boom. Not without this. And by the way, what's the context of this? And we're going to get to it. It's Israel. It's a very interesting study, Joel, um, because it really does have aspects of several of the trumpets of Revelation in it. And it talks about sound the trumpet, doesn't it? Here it is. Uh, Blow the trumpet in Zion. Call a sacred uh, a fast, a sacred assembly, gather the people, sacrifice, sacrifice, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children and nursing babies. This is where it says the old and the young, right? Pour my out on all flesh, the young men and the old, okay, blah, blah, blah. Let the bridegroom go out from his chamber and the bride from her dressing room. The priests who minister to the Lord weep between the porch and the altar. Let them say, spare your people, O Lord, and don't have your heritage to reproach that the nation should rule over them. Why should say among their people, why should they say among the peoples, where is their God? This is Israel and Israel alone. When it says your people, O Lord, your heritage, your heritage, the nations to rule over them, that Christians don't have a nation. You know that, right? The the Gentile believers in Jesus, Yeshua, the Israeli king, uh, the Jewish king, the Jewish man, God-man, uh, they we don't have a nation. We're told that explicitly in the New Testament. We, we are people without a country. We're sojourners. We're aliens in the world. Heaven's our home because the king is in heaven. But once he returns, then, yeah, the whole world's ours. We don't have a particular country. So this the, Israel, though, does. His people are a a people, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that family, right? He made promises to them. He's going to keep those. This is, this is the culmination of all that and the fulfillment of all that. So Joel 2 is really, I mean, if we're being honest, is zooming in on Israel, not Christians, Gentile Christians all over the world. So that's part of the context of the great outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And by the way, where were the apostles when this happened in Acts 2? Jerusalem, and what the Jews from all over the world had come to be there, that's important. That's why it could be fulfilled or uh, referred to, okay? The Lord will be zealous for his land and pity his people. There's, come on, his land. We know this is not too hard now. Now it's easy. There's only one land on earth that God says is his land, a special possession, right? Come on. Uh, the Lord will answer, say to his people, behold, I will send you grain and new wine and oil, and you will be satisfied by them. So he's going, this was, in other words, his people have been through something really, really bad up to this point to where they're starving and all this stuff. I will no longer make you a reproach among the nations, but I will remove far from you the Northern army. Here we go. The Northern army and will drive him away him away into a barren and desolate land with his face towards the eastern sea and his back toward the western let me read this alternate version it's much better it clearer you will no longer be an object um i will drive away these armies from the north i will send them into the parched wastelands those in the front will be driven to the dead sea which is the sea on the western border and those of the rear into the mediterranean sea that's the sea on the uh, west and east you got it okay get the picture okay One's on one side of Israel, the other sea is on the other side. The Dead Sea and the Mediterranean, that's what it means. 
So God's going to, there's a Northern army that's coming. That's going to take camp right in the middle of the country. And God's going to come drive them both directions. Okay. His stench will come up. His foul odor rise. Now it's a singular his instead of the whole army. Cause there's something in there in that there's some truth in there because he has done mantra monstrous things. Who are we referring to? Wait a minute. I thought we we're talking about an army. And here's the latter rain. Well, again, this is now talking about when ju judgment has come, when the wrath of God has come, and he's going to remove this army from the land of Israel. Rejoice. The former rain faithfully. He will cause the rain to come down to you, the former and the latter rain in the first month. Threshing floors of war will be full of wheat. Vats will overflow with new wine and oils. So I'll restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, consuming locusts, and chewing locusts, my great army, which I sent among you. Boom. So my great army is a locust army, a locust army. And again, we read about that in Revelation 9 in the fifth trumpet, but check this out, okay? And we read in Revelation 9 that the uh, the locusts, it says, have no king, but these locusts do have a king. Is the king, the angel of the bottomless pit, Abaddon or Apollyon, right? Which, right, which, right, which. Oops, sorry, mic problem. Uh, but look at this. Look at Amos, and this is kind of like extracurricular. If you have a Septuagint, or if you know of it, all right, what is the Septuagint? Septuagint is the Greek Old Testament. Look at Amos chapter 7, verse 1 in the Septuagint. Listen to this. Thus has the Lord God showed me, and behold, a swarm of locusts coming from the east, and behold, one locust, King Gog. And it came to pass, when he had finished devouring the grass of the land, that I said, Lord God, be merciful, who shall rise up? Jacob, for he is small in number. A remnant of Israel attacked by a locust army led by Gog, G-O-G. Yeah, the same one in Ezekiel 38. Gog of the land of Magog, the Antichrist. He is the head of the locust army. Don't we get it? So that is the context. I am the Lord your God. There is no other. Then you will know that I am in the midst of Israel. I, I'm actually there. I'm in the middle of you. I'm coming. I'm going to be there. I'm the Lord your God. There is no other. My people will never be put to shame. And it shall come to pass after that that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Ding, ding, ding. Okay, so again, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to poo-poo anything, or whatever, or to say that the Holy Spirit's not capable of this or that. Of course, He is. That He won't be doing miraculous things. Of course, He will. We're supposed to. These signs will follow those who believe, right? I mean, that, that's not what I'm saying. But, but to to use this as some kind of thing that there's an end time revival coming, it's wrong. And it's extremely disappointing because this is the first thing, the only kind of responses we ever have to taking a critical look at ourselves in the church, especially the Western church. Now we've got, praise God, we've got people from different nations watching this right now, Greece and uh, South Africa. I think I saw someone else. Um, the Western church is so weak that we, any critical 
you know, not critical, any any repentance within the church or the judgment against the church. Oh, no way, brother. You know. Oh, it's just revival, 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 revival. We're going to go on a revival tour. We're going to. What are we talking about? God never promised this. He promised a culling, right? Sifting. A testing. Something to whittle down like Gideon's army. Uh, to whittle down the number of the church, the real disciples of Jesus and Israel. It's a it's a parallel track. We're going down together. That's why the church and Israel will never be apart. But let's keep it real, okay? There is nothing promised like this, a great revival. The latter rain is the end of the deal. It's it's the end of the story. It's not some kind of new Holy Spirit outpouring. Um, certainly not before the tribulation hour. I mean, this is all return of Jesus context. Day of the Lord is very near. It's right here. It's right at the door. Locust army is here. That's the fifth trumpet out of seven. And we know the seventh trumpet is the end. Then Jesus comes. So, right? What are we talking about? All right. Okay. Um and by the way, just one more aspect to this. Um, and tying it into what has been happening the last couple of days. You know, I'm an American. I live, obviously, in America uh, my whole life. Um, some of it's, part of it is great and fantastic, and I love it. But then there's other times where it doesn't feel so good because I know we are not um, who we say we are as far as following Jesus. Uh, we're just not. Yeah, we're a country who loves idols. We love um, death, whether that be abortion, whether that be guns. And I'm not poo-pooing gun ownership or any of that or self-defense. I'm just saying we worship this stuff. We do. And this this newest abomination in Texas. It's just the latest example. And who says it's going to get better? It ain't going to get better. It's not going to get better. Where is God? Where is God? Where is God? You already see people already mocking thoughts and prayers. Oh, thoughts and prayers. As if prayer doesn't do anything. Okay, yeah, that's one side of it. That's bad. Okay, but the other side of it is Christians are going to say, where's God? Why does he allow this? Why does it keep happening? Where's all the good? If you don't present the gospel to these shooters, guys, there's nothing you can do. It's clear. We don't have... There's no solution. It's like any other sin. You repent, come to the cross, and then you'll stop being evil. And um, and again, I mean, I, again, I don't want to name anybody, but I'm just, I am thinking of someone specifically. Uh, a, guy, a man I totally respect in the Lord. Uh, he's way closer to Jesus than I am in his walk. I'm, I'm sure of it. Um, but every other word is revival. And we're saving America. And blah, blah, blah. We've got to move past this false um, idea that God cares about any other nation being saved other than Israel. Because he really doesn't. Okay? It's not in the plans. That, that is one aspect, but the other aspect of 
you know, expecting some kind of revival, revival. So how about expect what the Bible teaches us to expect? Which is, yeah, some negative stuff. And it's going to get harder and harder and harder. Like I posted, I think, yesterday or the day before. Um, it's not going to get any easier. To point, the second seal is going to open soon, okay? Iran is going to attack her neighbors. It's going to attack Iraq, Saudi Arabia, maybe even Turkey. And who knows what we need to get there before that happens, but it's close. And when that happens, it says, peace is taken from the earth peace of mind, a reine, like my friend Mark Davidson would teach. He's right on point on that. Um, when peace of, the, peace of mind, in other words, everything's going to be okay. And no matter what happens, we know everything's going to be fine. We feel okay, like we're going to get back to normal or we're going to be all right. Without Jesus right there with you, it's not going to be all right. And God is going to make that very, very clear. He's starting to make it clear now. Just look at the past couple of years and the idolatry that we were. We worship politicians, we worship parties, we worship violence, we worship death, we worship celebrities, we worship money. Clearly, um, and that's just my country. So there's issues that are not going to be fixed. Period. We have to be ready for that. We have to be ready to be a remnant, a small number to be cold, to be uh, sifted and found worthy. Wash our robes white in the blood of the Lamb and speak his testimony. That's the way we overcome. Nothing else. Nothing else. Not rights that the government gives you or, you know, whatever else. That's just where my mind is at right now. But like, right? That's it. He, he is going to make it perfectly plain to the whole world. He is the only way, the only truth, and the only life. And, um, yeah. All right. Let's do questions or comments or something, because there's a lot of action over there. I love it. All right, friends. What do we got here? Um, Archelaus, um, I think he left already, so I'm not going to really address him directly, but Needless to say, there is no first appearance to pick up the church and then the second coming with, no, that's free tribulation rapture is a false doctrine, friend. I encourage you to go look up rapture on Wings of the Eagle, and we have literal verse by verse by verse by verse. Every single time that event is mentioned teaches clearly, God teaches us clearly, it is not before the last seven years it is not before the tribulation it is at the very very last day of the age there is no third coming of jesus okay um the land refers to israel yes um gary lxx that's the abbreviation for the septuagint right that's the greek old testament is it oh well, what do you need the greek old testament for but most of the most of the quotations in the New Testament of the old, right, where Jesus or Paul or whomever is quoting the Old Testament, almost always it's from the Greek Septuagint, not from Hebrew. Because, you know, right? I mean, it wasn't widely available or not a lot of people could read the Hebrew Bible, number one. But quite frankly, 
unless you're talking about the Dead Sea Scrolls or something like that, the oldest manuscripts we have of almost all the Old Testament is Greek. So it's worth your study. Um, I'm not saying there there aren't older copies. I'm not saying the 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 Masora is wrong, but that's not that old the Masora. Okay. Anyways, now we're getting geeky. Savaloja. Brandon Richard. Well, the last two names are easier for me. Sorry, brother. Uh, Revelation 2.10, do not write. Uh, we'll have tribulation 10 days. Be faithful unto death. I'll give you a crown of life. He who has nearest to hear, he who overcomes will not be hurt by a second death. Amen. Yeah. And that's what we should be preparing for. For example, Putin threatened the world with famine. He did. He did. Um, we'll see what God allows in that, okay? But uh, he's got a very kind of diabolical thing, Putin, going on with the wheat exports out of ukraine and uh you could starve a good amount of people not the whole earth okay but a decent percent you could have some major food troubles if this continues um didn't mean to post that okay you mean this one a quart of reed for dinner okay yeah that's the that's the third seal okay um Right, that hasn't happened yet. We're, we're not there yet. Again, it's, yes, it's coming. Yes, it's close. Um, Cheryl, you are 100% correct. They are teaching a new revival. The Bible says differently. Well, thank the Lord. I know exactly what you're talking about. Well, yeah, thank you. <clears throat> um. Jay Hankins on YouTube. No, it's the opposite. A great falling away is happening. Nothing will happen and will happen at the end of the world. Uh, right, okay, right. Instead of a great revival that we should be looking for is a great falling away. That's correct. Um, so good on you. And by the way, what's the, the great driver of when Paul says the great falling away, the great apostasy, it's, oh, it's connected directly to the Antichrist or the false prophet. Okay. The false prophets' miracles is what creates the great falling away. So where we see various falling away or you know people not being faithful to Jesus now, this is absolutely nothing, nothing compared to the end. Uh, Revelation 14, Anthony says, I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to them that dwell on the earth, to every nation, kindred, and tongue. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's true. That's part of the process. I don't know what you meant to address by that, but that's in the Bible. That's true. Um, oh, brother says, uh, not the jail for 10 days. The thing about the uh, famine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Oh, anyway, guys, um, this has gone on longer than I wanted to as it is. So hopefully... Um, this has helped you. If it has helped you, please help us come to you. This ministry is 100% brought to you by tithes, offerings, and gifts. There is no other support coming in. Um, we have, honestly, there's a $100 commitment that I know we get a month. That's it. <laughs> and I'm, this, is, this is my life. Okay. Uh, this is all the things that you see with anti church and wings of the eagle and, uh, Lead of the mountains and all this stuff is all on faith. 
all of it. So if you're if you're blessed by it, please return the blessing. That would be mighty awesome. Wingtotheeagle.com slash donate, whatever you can. And uh, that's it. We'll see you guys soon. Wait, is there another question before we go? Um, Cheryl, so things are going to be so much worse. People will not even be able to imagine it. That's what it said in the Bible. That's, I agree with that. Um, Savaluja says, where does it say the little horn is not a political figure? Uh, I think you mean, I think that sounds like something I would have said, but what I, maybe I'm either I misspoke or didn't speak fully, or you didn't hear the whole part of it. It's the little horn has no political power until the 10 Kings have theirs. He's a new player. So in other words, um, he Daniel is pretty explicit that he does not have any authority or power in any way until the end. So you, in other words, you can't say Barack Obama or whoever else, Erdogan, uh, the Iranians, a Jewish person, whatever you think is going to be the little horn, or you know, it's not. That person is not known right now. He doesn't have power. He's not in charge of a country. He's not in charge of the United Nations or the EU or whatever, the NATO, nothing. He just, he doesn't have it. He says he comes up peaceably with intrigue. Like he takes over in a different way. The, the glory of the kingdom is not due to him. He's not part of the succession plan. Okay. He's not a leader right now. We don't, we, it's useless to try to think who it is now. You, you don't know him. I really, really feel very strongly about that. So, okay. I think that's what you meant. Oh, bless the Lord. Being on the same page is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Like, like the Psalm says, right? How good and pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. So Cheryl, Anthony, uh, Savalusia, the rest, we love you. Um... All right, one last thing, and then we got to go, man. It does say we can figure out the name 66 of 666 wisdom. Not really. Uh, it's It says, uh, he who has wisdom can count the number of the beast versus the number of a man, and his number is 666. It doesn't mean it's his name, really. I mean, I'm just saying, right now, it's pointless. You can use any formula you want. It's not going to work. All right. All right. Praise God, folks. Love you much. Please, again, support us. If you can, share this video. Easiest way to do it. Go get the book. Take the course, Fleet of the Mountains. It is well worth your while. And again, if you want it for free, sign up for the course. All right. Love you all so much. Until next time, Pastor Manti. <sighs> Batten down the hatches, folks. It's not going to get any easier. So be blessed. Stay close to the Holy Spirit. That's all we can do. And uh, he will revive us personally. There's no doubt that he can do that. Be blessed, my friends. To hear previous episodes, to obtain resources, and to support this ministry, visit unsealedpodcast.com.
because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved.